Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hi team, welcome back to the Decomplicating Dressage podcast. For those of you that are new here, my name is Jess Gale, and this podcast is all about making dressage make sense. Enjoy. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. This week, I wanted to talk about riding horses that are strong or feel like they lean against you. Now, I've had quite a few riders coming to me with this problem recently and it's always really interesting to see how riders instinctively deal with this problem. Naturally, when I see a lot of riders and what I see a lot of riders do when they feel their horse lean is they pull back. I don't know what it is, but it seems to be a really natural instinct for a rider, no matter their level to pull back against a horse that is leaning or getting strong and as we'll come to talk about we'll find out that this is possibly the worst thing that you can do when your horse leans or gets strong now when this happens it seems to impact everything you might feel your arms get sore you might feel pulled forward you might feel like you struggle to keep your horse straight you might feel like your horse is always falling in or out on circles, you might feel like your horse gets a bit lazy, or you might feel like they're constantly running through you and getting faster. Not only that, in case that wasn't enough, it's also going to impact your scores. So if you are going out competing, a judge is going to see a horse that is on the forehand, they're going to see a horse that isn't in self-carriage, they're going to see a horse that's not carrying the weight on their hind legs, and all of that is going to lead to losses of marks as well as all of those problems like wobbly centre lines, inaccurate circles, bad transitions, which are all going to lead to even more marks coming off. So having a horse that's leaning or strong with you isn't just a case of it being uncomfortable for you. It also has a huge impact on how your horse moves and how they perform in the arena too. So it's something that we obviously really want to fix. 
Now we put the problem of a leaning horse or a strong horse into the contact category. Now anything to do with a contact can be confusing. We don't want the contact to be too light. Equally, we don't want the contact to be too strong. And getting that kind of perfect feeling where you can feel a little bit of weight in your rein, but that weight feels really elastic and really spongy, is a sign that the horse is working really correctly. It's a sign that they're supple. It's a sign that they are working in a good rhythm. And it's a sign that they are balanced. Now, I think contact is is a pretty subjective thing because what is too strong for, say, a 10-year-old child is going to be really different to what is too strong for a 30-year-old man. And so it's hard to sit and have a conversation about what amount of weight is too much and what is too strong. But I think really it's more about the feeling of that weight. If that weight feels elastic and it feels soft, almost like there's an elastic band going from your hand to the bit, then you're on the right track. If it feels more like you're holding up a tree trunk (laughs) attached to your reins, or it feels like there is nothing in your reins, then that is probably a contact that is too strong or too light. So once you've worked out if your contact is in fact too strong, we then need to find out why. Ultimately, the problem comes from the fact that too much of the horse's weight is over their front legs rather than their hind legs, which we ultimately call being on the forehand. The reason for this, though, can really vary depending on the horse and depending on the rider. It can depend on the level they're training at, how strong and how balanced the horse is and how strong and how balanced the rider is too. So I wanted to talk about the five, no, sorry, four, that's important. We want to talk about the four most common reasons that I've come across in kind of my teaching that tend to be the reasons why a horse might become strong or might become heavy or might start leaning on your hands. Each of these reasons kind of takes you more towards the root cause of the problem, which is what dressage training is all about. Generally, the problem that you see as being the problem, so today we're talking about the contact being too heavy. Usually this is actually a symptom of a much deeper problem. And it's finding that root cause that is going to help you to solve the problem. So if you feel like you've been struggling with your horse's contact for a long time, then I want you to really take a look at each of these four reasons and think about which one might relate most to you and your horse. Because once you can find the ultimate reason and that core kind of root problem that is causing this contact issue... It's going to make it so much easier to fix the problem rather than just trying to make the contact lighter, which might not actually get to the root cause of the problem and in fact might actually make it worse. So let's start with the first reason then. And this is normally the first reason or the first thing that I tend to look at no matter what the problem is. And that is the rider's position. Now, as soon as anyone talks about contact, a rider automatically thinks about their hands. 
But it's really important to know that a good contact is not created by the rider pulling back. It's created by the horse pushing from the hind leg over a supple back into that bit. Now, having said all that, though, our position does influence how our horse goes. It influences how supple they can be, how forward they can be. It can influence the contact and it can influence how balanced our horses are too. So even more than that, if the rider is unbalanced or the rider is unstable or the rider isn't straight themselves, this is going to have a knock-on effect on the horse they are riding too. So things like tipping too far forward or tipping too far back, pulling back on the reins or holding onto the reins to keep yourself balanced are all things that are going to encourage our horses to lean against the hand and get strong in that contact. Now, a really good way to test if you are relying on those reins to balance yourself in the saddle is to ride a give and retake. Now, if you feel you cannot give the reins for longer than one or two strides, then this is a really good exercise to practice to help you improve your balance and help you stop relying on those reins. And you can do it every ride, every day, every pace, whether you're in the arena, out on a hack, is just to give away that contact and give away those reins and push your hands up towards your horse's ears and create a nice loop in the rein. And when you do that, what you do is you take away that reliance on the rein. And what that's going to do is it's going to get you sitting better in the saddle. You're going to have to use your core to stabilise yourself in that saddle and not your reins. And you're going to end up riding in a far more balanced way as well. And in turn, you're going to start to feel your horse starting to hold themselves up and come lighter too, because they're going to start to learn that you're not going to be the person to hold them up anymore. Now, reason number two is probably the most common reason why a horse is strong, and that's an unbalanced horse. Now, it's quite common that we see horses getting strong because they're unbalanced. And it's a little bit like when you run down a hill and you can feel that feeling that your legs almost can't keep up with your body and you feel your upper body start to tip forward. This is what happens when a horse becomes unbalanced. Now, whether they're unbalanced because the speed is too fast or the turn or the circle is too tight or they're a bit weak or the contact's not quite right or they're a bit tight and a bit tense, all these things can help a horse become unbalanced. And when a horse gets unbalanced, they look to the thing that is going to help them stay upright and generally not fall on their faces. And the most easiest option there and the most accessible option for them is the rider's hand. Now, if you think your horse is unbalanced, the best thing to start with is to try to select a slightly more steady tempo and to add in some half holds to help your horse to stay balanced and carry their weight on their hind legs a little bit more. Transitions as well are a really good thing to introduce because they help your horse to just take that little bit more weight onto their hind legs and bring that weight off of their front legs. And the more that happens and the stronger your horse gets behind, the more they're able to carry that weight on that hind leg and you'll find the front end gets lighter and your contact then gets lighter too. Now, just to make 
life a little bit more complicated. It's isn't just a case of our horse being balanced or unbalanced. It's also about how they are balancing themselves. So some horses, when they are younger or when they're weak or when they're avoiding sitting on their hind legs, like to carry their weight on their front end. And they like to pull themselves across the ground with their front legs. And this doesn't necessarily have anything to do with them being unbalanced because they're not falling onto their forehand they're not running onto their forehand what they're doing is they're choosing to balance themselves off of their front end so it's a very different type of thing it's basically that they are just not balanced in the way we want them to be balanced we want that weight to be carried on their hind legs and the reason for that is that it helps the front end to become lighter, it helps the horse to carry themselves and it ultimately helps us in the long run to be able to get that really nice uphill frame and uphill carriage so that the horse almost looks like they're trotting up a hill rather than down a hill. So if you imagine a little bit like a pair of old-fashioned weighing scales. If you put all of your weight onto one side, you're going to see it tips the scales quite dramatically. And this is a little bit like when you see a horse that has most of its weight on that front end, it's going to look like it's going down a hill. But then if you put those weighing scales on a slope or you make the surface a bit more uneven or you make that surface move, those scales are going to start to skid or they might fall over. And it's the same thing when we ride our horses. When a horse is unbalanced or when they have all of their weight on that front end and we then try and do something that's possibly a bit more challenging or a bit more difficult or requires a bit more strength or agility, that horse ultimately is going to become unbalanced. It's going to probably not fall over, hopefully, but it's going to lose that really nice quality soft way of going that we're always trying to strive for. And it's ultimately the same. When we ride our horses and when they're unbalanced or when that weight isn't where we want it to be and it's on that front end, it ultimately means that our horses can't carry themselves. They can't take that weight behind. They can't have that nice uphill frame. They're going to really struggle to be supple and athletic and they're going to really struggle to do all those really big important things we know about like get their hind legs underneath them, push with those hind legs, have really active hind legs, sit, collect, go sideways. All those things are going to be so much more difficult if the majority of the horse's weight is on that front end. As well as that, it's going to make that contact really strong because all that weight is going to be in the front end and all that weight is going to be going into the ground, downhill, and the rider's hands are ultimately going to have to be the thing that pulls the horse up. And so with these horses, what our ultimate aim is, is to try and transfer that weight from the front end to the hind leg. And again, it's exactly the same thing. It's transitions. They get the horse to take more weight behind. They get the horse to step under a bit more with those hind legs. It's also going to be things like half halts. Think of them as like mini transitions. They rebalance that weight onto the hind leg and they get that horse to sit and take a little bit more weight behind. Now, we've spoken a little bit about half halts now quite a bit. And these are things that are really vital for helping to keep our horse balanced and helping to keep our horse's weight on that hind leg. 
Now, half bolts are quite a big topic, so I don't really want to delve too much into that and kind of explain what it is, how it works, how to do it. But we do have quite a few podcasts on it about why they're helpful, how you can ride them, as well as what you actually need to do to ride a good half halt. But the ultimate thing to remember is that it needs to be a combination of your rein aid, your seat aid, and a little bit of leg too. But if you want to find a little bit more out about the half halts, then you can search for them in the search bar of our podcast or I will put a link in the description to a couple of really helpful episodes if you want to learn a little bit more about them. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Reason number three, then, is a lack of of speed control and this kind of coincides with a horse being unbalanced because ultimately that speed control leads to the horse being unbalanced so we see it quite a lot in jumping actually you you might see that a horse that is strong is also one that gets faster and faster as they go around the course and the rider struggles to keep them steady and the same applies in dressage although it can be a little bit more subtle. And the reason comes from the fact that it's very easy for a goey horse to get strong because ultimately they find it really easy to take the rider forward. There's a lot of energy there and they like to use that energy to propel themselves forward. Now for these horses, it's very easy to get yourself in a hole where you are holding back and pulling back on the reins to slow your horse down and keep them from going any more forward. But this doesn't stop the energy. It doesn't necessarily slow the horse down. What it does is sometimes put a little bit of a wall up so your horse can't get any faster But the problem is at some point that wall kind of buckles, whether your arms get tired, whether your horse just gets a little bit stronger and kind of breaks through that wall and you feel suddenly like everything then rolls out the front end again. So what we've got to do is get to a stage where what's not happening is that we're trying to slow our horses down and trying to create more control by pulling on that rein because it's a little bit like turning a hose pipe on full and then putting a stopper at the end of that hose pipe so no water can come out the hose. Now, for most horses, this might be as far as it goes. It might be that that pressure kind of builds and it builds and it builds and it builds and 
the contact gets really strong. For most horses, that's kind of as far as it goes. But for some, if they aren't able to go forward and there is that stopper in that hose pipe and that energy is on full and that horse is taking that rider forward and the rider's trying to kind of fight back and hold that horse back. For some horses, that pressure builds and builds and builds and builds and builds. And then that hose pipe explodes. The horse needs to find a way to get rid of that energy because it's just built and built and the pressure's got too much. And in these situations, it can present differently. It might be that the horse resists or get a bit tight. It might be that they actually release that energy by exploding in a buck. Or it might be that they release that energy by kind of exploding forward and really suddenly running through the bridle. The point I'm trying to get across, though, is that holding your horse back with the rein is not a very sustainable way of controlling your horse's speed. You might be able to get through a prelim test just about with your arms probably being so exhausted by the end that you kind of need to stretch them out because they ache so much. It's not a very sustainable way of doing it. And if you want to progress through the levels of dressage or you want to make your horse be the best they can be or you want to help your horse become stronger and more athletic, we cannot hold our horses back with our reins. So we need to find a more sustainable, more beneficial way of controlling that speed and controlling that tempo. And getting to a stage where it's us as the rider deciding the speed and we have that ability to increase it, we have that ability to decrease it and we have that ability to maintain the same speed when we want to and be able to that kind of channel that energy where we want to as well. Now again, if you feel like you are unsure if you are holding your horse back, a really good way is that give and retake again. If when you give with those reins, you feel that your horse gets faster when you do it, you know you've been using your reins to hold your horse back or that they've become really unbalanced because you've let that rein go. In these situations, then, we need to be riding lots of transitions. And these are a really great way to teach your horse to listen to your seat, to slow down and steady rather than listen to your rein. So as you ask for that downward transition, I want you to think about squeezing with your inner thigh, sitting back on your bum, breathing in a little bit, as well as using that rein. Now, once your horse is more on your seat and more listening to your seat, and they think about that downward transition and that aid for slow down as being your seat, you will find they're naturally able to balance themselves a bit better. They naturally take a little bit more weight behind and they naturally rely on that rein less and less. Another thing you can try is to ride, say, a 10 or a 12 metre circle, which naturally slows your horse down and can help balance them too. Or you can ride a walk transition or a transition to halt if they get a little bit too strong. All of these things, though, are ultimately finding ways to steady your horse and slow them down without them kind of grabbing hold of the rein and you trying to grab hold of the rein and you pulling back. We want to try and use our seat as much as possible and our rein as little as possible because ultimately, and this is something I tell everyone, if you pull back on your horse's mouth, they have one of two options. Either they compress their neck and tighten their neck 
This is not collection. They haven't compressed their back. They've just compressed their neck. And so what we create then is tension. Or the horse gets stronger and they lean against the rider's hand. Again, not something we want. So we need to learn to teach our horse to control their speed. And we need to be able to control their speed using just our seat and less of our brain. The final reason then is unsuppleness or stiffness in the horse. Now, for those of you who have heard of the scales of training, you will know that the first three are rhythm, suppleness, and then contact. So suppleness as well as rhythm fall below the contact scale. Now, what this means is that the horse's rhythm and their tempo, which falls under rhythm, as well as the horse's suppleness, affects the horse's contact. So if we are wanting to improve our horse's contact, a really great way to look at this is to look at your horse's rhythm and also look at your horse's suppleness and see if there are any issues there. If there are, you work on those and you will probably find that the contact improves. Now, the scales of training don't take into account a rider's position. It's just focused on the way of going. But when it comes to suppleness, ultimately, a supple horse, what we mean by that is they're free from tightness, they're free from resistance, they work really nicely over their back and they use all those top line muscles. When this happens, we end up with a horse that is able to compress their body, they're able to extend their body and the rider is able to move their horse's body around where they want to. They can make it straight, they can move the shoulders in, they can move the quarters in, they can add more bend, they can add more flexion or equally they can have less bend and less flexion. But what does all this then have an influence on the contact? If a horse is tense or if a horse is tight, it's a little bit like trying to ride a plank of wood. It's stiff and you can't really move it around. You can't really bend it. You can't really influence it in any way. And with these horses, when you go to ride that half halt or you go to ride that give and retake or you try to get your horse to take more weight behind, it may feel like it happens for a second and then you lose it. Or it may feel like that you don't get that reaction at all and that generally is a sign for you that their back and their neck needs more suppleness so that they are able to become more athletic, more manoeuvrable. So you're able to move them around and ask them to take more weight behind and they're able to move their body in that way. So your suppleness almost ends up needing to be your kind of prerequisite before you start trying to think about your horse's contact and making it softer and lighter. First thing about improving your horse's suppleness, get them a little bit softer, get them working that little bit more over their backs and being that bit more manoeuvrable. And you may find that the problem of your strong contact disappears entirely. Or it may be that you are just able to ride then more effective half halts and better given retakes to be able to help your horse be more balanced and hold themselves up in self-carriage. And what we're kind of learning, and you'll see the trend as we're going through this episode, is that if we have a horse that's balanced and we have a horse that's holding themselves up, that contact then gets better. So we've spoken a lot about the reasons then, the reasons why a horse may be strong. 
And when we have a strong horse, what we're ultimately trying to develop, like we said, is the horse's balance and the horse's self-carriage. So they are carrying themselves. They're not falling onto their forehand. They are taking that weight on their hind legs. But we also have to make sure that us as the riders aren't adding to the problem or potentially even creating the problem in the first place. So those give and retakes, I find, are probably the most effective tool because they're a little bit like a self-check. You don't need anyone to be there to watch you. You don't need anyone to kind of assess the outcome. You are able to see it for yourself. When you do that give and retake and you give that rein away, if you find that everything goes wrong, if the head comes up, if the head goes down, if your horse gets faster, if your horse gets slower, if it all kind of just feels like it goes to pot, you know either you are relying on the reins too much or your horse isn't in self-carriage and balanced. And so the give and retake is a really nice self-check that you can do on your own. It's really great because you can do it when you're out hacking, you can do it in a field, you can do it in an arena. There's no fancy things about it. You just need to give the rein away. And it tells you ultimately how balanced your horse really is. And the other really useful tool that we spoke about is the half halt, because this is ultimately the aid for balance and taking more weight behind. When we ride a half halt, what it does is it brings more weight onto the horse's hind leg. And this then helps them to rebalance and then carry themselves. Like I've said, half halts are complicated. I know a lot of people struggle with what aids to use. Essentially, though, like I said, it's got to be a combination of a hand aid with a seat aid and a little bit of leg. But there are some podcast episodes in the description for you to check out if you want to, to find out a little bit more about what they are. Ultimately, though, what I want you to take away from this episode is that riding a strong horse is all about finding the root cause of the problem. The problem is ultimately, is it because your horse isn't supple enough? Is it because they are unbalanced? Is it because they are running through you and you're unable to control that speed and that tempo? And are you having an impact on the contact with how you are riding and your own position? And by thinking about these four things, it's going to help you to find the root cause of the problem. And from there, you can fix it. Those give and retakes are going to be great for checking whether your horse is balanced and in self-carriage. And those half halts and those transitions and those circles are great for developing that strength behind and teaching your horse to take more weight onto those hind legs too. This is all going to help your horse ultimately carry themselves, become more balanced, rely less on your reins to hold them up, and that contact is then going to get lighter and more elastic because of it. So there you have it. If you have a horse that is strong, if you have a horse that leans against you, do go and give these exercises and these tools a go and let me know how you get on. You can tag us and kind of share everything onto your stories and your social media. Tag us, do let us know what you thought of the episode. Let us know what exercises you tried and how you got on. We love to see kind of where you're watching, what you're using and what you're taking away from the episodes as well because ultimately it helps us to know what you guys like, what you guys want to hear and it helps us to then plan what other episodes we want to do and what other topics we want to talk about. So thank you so much for listening everyone and I will see you next time.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.